Good morning. I said, good morning. Praise the Lord. How many of you glad to be in God's house this morning? Okay, come on. How many of you glad to be in God's house this morning? Listen, I watched Dallas Cowboys play some football last night, and when they ran out on the field, they, everybody jumped up, screamed, and shouted to see their Cowboys out there. I wasn't even in Dallas. So how many of you are glad this morning to be in God's house? Amen. Amen. I, sometimes I feel like if we ran a football team through here, we'd get more response. We should celebrate Jesus. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. A couple announcements as we get started this morning. Uh, Saturday, Primetimers is meeting at McGee He's Catfish in Marietta at 1 o'clock to eat catfish. And whatever else. Or van at 1230. Uh, meet at here at 12:30, or the van leaves at 12:30. be here before 12:30, or you may still be here and they'll be down there eating so there's a sign up sheet in the foyer and uh, so be sure and get your name on that and uh, or at least be here before 12:30, ready to go and and they're going to have a good time and anytime you eat catfish is a good time you know I, I i don't know what kind of fish they had over in the middle east over in, in the sea of galilee but jesus ate fish a lot so i figure anytime you get together and eat eat fish it, it's spiritual i mean that's what jesus fed everybody right he didn't feed them pizza or hamburgers he fed them fish so but anyway, so come out Saturday and, and enjoy a fellowship, time of fellowship and a good time uh, eating catfish uh, with the prime timers. The, uh, the, I, I want to say uh, real quick thank you to all the men that, that stayed and helped yesterday. That uh, Thank you to all the men that came to men's breakfast. But those who helped us uh, move all the stuff out of the, the fellowship hall, I'm proud to say we have got everything out of there now uh, from Love Lone Grove. We got rid of most of the clothes and the garage sale stuff. We got a little bit on the trailer we're going to take to Teen Challenge. But we got rid of all the hangers. We got them wrapped up and put up uh, safely, neatly. And so uh, next time we do it, they'll be just in perfect shape. And uh, uh, we fought with those hangers, but thank you to everybody that, that, that helped with that. And also the pulpit committee asked me to announce that they're still taking resumes, that they'll be taking resumes for the next couple weeks, uh, next few weeks. And so uh, just to update you guys where they were at on that. And so be in prayer for them. Uh, this is not an easy task that they have to do. And I, I know I say it every week, but continue to pray for them. Uh, continue to pray that they will uh, receive God's direction in this and, and that, that God's will would be done. So. Um, and also, uh, this morning, we're welcoming uh, Brother Ron McCaslin and Martha, Marcia, and amen. And uh, they're going to be filling in as our transitional pastor during this time. And so uh, get to know them, meet them after service uh, this morning, get to know them, and, and uh, uh, they'll be here for you. And so um, we're glad to have them here. And uh, he'll be up here in just a little bit. Um, at this time, we're going to take up our tithes and offering. So uh, if our ushers would come. I do want to say we've had a little bit of technical difficulties this morning when it rains, it pours sometimes. And, and uh, so our, we're working on getting the computer screen going up here. For some reason, it's not working right now, and we're going to try to get that fixed. So we may not have all the words up here, but stand with me this morning. Uh, we don't have to have the words on the screen to worship the Lord. I said we don't have to have the words on the screen to worship the Lord. Amen. We can worship him without being able to see it. Matter of fact, you may just have to make up your own words. I do. Or you could just worship the Lord in your own words. Amen. But let's go before him right now in prayer and let's just let's just enter into worship this morning. Amen. Father, we love you this morning. Lord, we thank you. Lord, we thank you for the rain. Lord, the much needed rain that we've got outside. But Lord, we thank you. 
Lord, for the reign of the Holy Spirit that's going to fall on this place today. Lord, we thank you for your presence, Lord, that we can already feel in this place. And Lord, although the, the enemy may come and try to, to hinder us, Lord, with our technology, we don't need that, Lord, because we can worship you with our words. We can worship you in song. We can study your word, Lord, without it. And we just pray this morning that you would come and move mightily, God. You would touch lives this morning because we exalt you this morning. We worship you. We glorify you this morning, God, because of who you are. God, not because of who we are and what we accomplish, but because of what you do. And we love you this morning. We thank you in the name of Jesus. Amen.
morning God we thank you father we thank you father that you are the light in the darkness Lord that you can call us out of our own grave that we put ourselves in father just fill us this morning with your presence God let your mercy just flow through this sanctuary like rivers of living water father just have your way have your way God in Jesus name amen There's honey in the rock, water in the stone, manna on the ground, no matter where I go. I don't need to worry now that I know everything I need, you've got. There's honey in the rock. Oh, yes. Yes. Praying for a miracle, thirsty for the living well only you can satisfy sweetness at the mercy seat now i've tasted it's not too hard to see
try this new one this morning. Go ahead. <clears throat> Regardless of what circumstances move around us or what may happen in our personal lives, He is still worthy of our praise. He does not change. His promises stand. Father, we stand on Your promises this morning. Your promises for peace, God for joy in situations, God, for the power of your presence, the power of your name, God. You are worthy, Father, of our praise. You are worthy of our song this morning, God. And I'm gonna sing till my heart starts changing. Oh, I'm gonna worship Till I mean every word Cause the way I feel And the fear I'm facing Doesn't change who you are Or what you deserve I give you my worship For you still deserve it You're worthy praises in blessing and breaking you're worthy you're worthy you're worthy of my song you're worthy yes you're worthy of my song God oh you're worthy and I'm gonna live like my king is risen gonna preach to my soul that you've already won and though i can't see it i'm gonna keep believing that every promise you
so worthy of every word that we've sung this morning. Thank you, Lord, that you've shown us that you're worthy, that you've proven yourself to us. Many of you, many of us have known you for years and years and years, and you've just 
proven over and over again that you are worthy of all our trust and all our praise and all our thanks. Lord, we look to you today. Thank you for your provision. Lord, I, I look out over this congregation and I know there are needs in the people's hearts. I know there are needs in their lives. And Lord, we look to you as our every time, on time provider. We know that you know how to touch us with a healing touch. We know that you know how to touch our loved ones, Lord, that we're, we're concerned about. We, we know, Lord, that you're able to rescue our loved ones who, who have drifted from you, Lord. We, we know that you are able to move mountains, that nothing is impossible for you, Lord. And we thank you that you are, and we, we rely on you, and we trust you. We, we rest assured, Lord, that you're going to see us through every battle, that you're going you're gonna to get us through every storm, Lord, that, that you're going to keep your hand steady upon us. We worship you. We worship you because you are good. We worship you because you are here, because you are right here with us, Lord, this morning. And with all of those around the globe who are worshiping you, Lord, you're right there with your people. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your word. Thank you for these precious people at Long Grove First Assembly. Thank you for, for bringing this, us together, Lord, as assembling us in your presence this morning. And I pray that we would be unified by the power of the Holy Spirit. May we be made one, Lord. May we be united so that, so that we can proclaim your name and you'll receive glory and honor from our lives and our unity. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. And we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Praise God. Why don't you shake hands with somebody and say hi to them in case you hadn't already done that. Just introduce yourself to somebody around you. You can find somebody you don't know, make them welcome. Make them welcome. This, this is my first chance to be with you in, uh, in the sanctuary. And uh, I tell you what, I am impressed. Having spent one hour in this building, I am impressed with this church. Um, what, a, what, a, what a spirit of uh, encouragement. What, what a great worship service. I, 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 I didn't want it to end, did you? It, it, was, it, it was just providing words that we could say that were so meaningful and so so true that they were encouraging us just to enter into his presence and give him the praise and worship he deserves. The first four, Julie, I, the first four or five words of that, that third song that you sang, the, I mean, powerful, powerful words about, about it's not a matter of how I feel. I'm going to give you the worship that you deserve because how I feel doesn't change what you deserve. So I'm going to worship you until I feel it. <laughs> Woo. That's powerful. That's powerful. I, uh, well, my name is Ron. My wife's name is Marsha. She's sitting there on the front row. Marsha, stand up and say hi to everybody. Would you do that? I've never made you do that before. Stand up and say hi to everybody. Hi, this is my wife, Marsha. And, and right next to her is my sister-in-law, my brother's wife, uh, Mary Sue McCaslin. And uh, she... Uh, uh, lives here in Lone Grove. She and David lived here in Lone Grove four years ago. David went home to be with the Lord very suddenly, just 
much, much to our surprise. But these four years, Mary Sue and all of us have experienced uh, God's encouragement and God's comfort through, through that loss. And uh, it's, it's great to get to be with, with the people. I drive by your church a lot when I happen to be on the highway. I remember uh, driving up this road 50 years ago in 1972. That's good memory, isn't it? But this was a very significant trip. I, uh, uh, I was driving my, my dad's. Actually, I didn't even have a car of my own, but I, I drove my dad's 68 Nova. Anybody remember what a red Nova with a black top looked like in, a, in that, those days? It was a two-door, standard three-speed three, three speed on the column. And, uh, but I was going somewhere the Lord had told me to go, and that was to, to Southwestern. Assemblies of God University because he called me to preach. And uh, when I got down there, uh, I was sitting in a chapel service and I, I felt like, uh, you know, I felt awkward, never, never having been in there. But I, as soon as the service started, it was kind of like what I felt this morning. It was the presence of the Lord was so real. I was sitting toward the back, just really planning to just be an observer. And uh, the Lord spoke to me just as he had at home. I grew up in Hilton. That's why I was driving on, on Highway 70 at, at the time. And, uh, and the Lord said, I'll, I'll show you. This is where I want you. And when I get ready for you to go somewhere else, I'll tell you where I want you to go. Amen. And when I got through with college, he led me to my first place where I youth pastored for a while. And, and then uh, my second place to youth pastor for a while. And then my third place to youth pastor for a while. And then he, and then he led me to Enid to be a pastor. And then from there, seven years later, to be a pastor in Edmond. And I stayed there 32 years. And even after, the, even after the, uh, the leaving there two years ago, the Lord has continued to tell me where he wants me to go. Because really, that's not just a calling for the, the period of a career. That's the rest of your life. That's, he, he called me to be what, what he wanted me to be. And I'll be that until I die. And, uh, I, and, and it looks like the Lord has led me to be here with you. So I'm thrilled to, uh, thrilled to get to fulfill this role uh, that he's, he's placed me in, given me the privilege to do with you. I found you to be very loving people. A lot, a lot of good churches you go to, you have to go up and introduce yourself to somebody uh, to see if, uh, to, to find out who they are and kind of initiate the conversation. Not here, not here. Have you ever, I don't know if you know about this, but your church, you all introduced yourself to me before I initiated anything. And I loved that. It was powerful. It's, it's, it's just a show of you realize that you're not just a church for you. You're a church for the people God will help you reach. That the God, you're here to be a light in this city. You're here to be an influence in this, in this community for as far as the Lord will use you. And, and you're, you're here to serve His mission. His mission is, is finding lost people. So there's a lot of people that are not here yet, but keep on introducing yourself to them. Be, be that way, whether you're here at the church or you're at the grocery store or at work or uh, uh, wherever, if you're at a ball game, well, we'll just wherever you are, you might as well just be, be a greeter, be a church greeter. Really, that, that's, that really isn't something just for church. It's for everywhere because if, the, if people can find that we're interested in them, we care about them, we genuinely love them, that opens the door for us to, to just be an influence in their life, to be, to be able to answer some questions. And, and I've, I know that a lot of lost people are looking for somebody. Uh, I say by lost, I mean somebody hadn't met Jesus yet. 
and they're looking for somebody they'd like to talk to about it, but they're a little reluctant to ask questions because they think their questions won't be appropriately worded. So what they're looking for is somebody to get to know me a little bit and let's talk. Let's sit down and have a Coke and talk about it. Well, that's not my sermon, but uh, I'll get to that in just a minute. Here's what I want to focus on for the very first thing is that I know that the, the major order of business for Lone Grove Assembly right now is God, who's going to be our next pastor? Who, who's going to, who are you going to call? Who have you maybe already spoken to? Yeah. Maybe, uh, who, who are you going to speak to as a result of our prayers? Yeah. And, and how in the world, Lord, are you going to lead us to that person? If, if that person is in uh, another state, how, how, are you going to, how are you going to connect us? How that, how's that ever going to happen? The, the, the uh, pulpit committee, I understand there are eight people on the pulpit committee. And uh, how, how are they going to receive direction from the Lord? Is the Lord going to speak to them in the night and they all just know that it's a person named Harry? <laughs> or it's a person who is Harry? I don't know. Uh, uh, what, what's the Lord going to do? But you, you can see in the scripture, God always knows how to lead somebody where they need to be. It's really clear. He, and, I, and that's why I use that illustration about the, that when I, call, I was called in the ministry, the Lord uh, told me, and I'll tell you where to go every, every time. It's, the, the promise is the same to a church. Yes. He, he'll help you find the leader he wants for you. Yes. Like he, he's very, God is very much interested in doing that. You're an alive and it seems like on fire church. And God, and God is not going to bring you any, anybody that doesn't do anything but just continue in that, in that flame, in that fire, in that enthusiasm, and that, and that move uh, for, you, for your church to accomplish what God put, put it here to do. But I, here's what I want you to do. I, I want to encourage you to, th- this, is ma- this is prayer. This is all about prayer. Pray like you've never prayed before. Pray, pray, pray and, and, uh, and believe God that, that your, the church is going to continue in unity during the, inter, uh, during, during the interim, during the time between when the last pastor left and the next pastor comes up here on, on his very first Sunday, that, that God's going to, that God's going to lead you and God's going to lead the pulpit committee and God's going to lead that candidate from wherever he is or she is right now to, to right here to you. I, I, want, I would like for you to stand and let's have a prayer about that. And I don't, uh, would, would the members of the pulpit committee, I don't know who you are except Lynn. Lynn's the only one I've talked to. So uh, the other members of the pulpit committee, would you come up and stand across the front? And, and we're going to just reach our hands towards you and we're going to pray prayers of faith for you. Thank you. Uh, all, I don't know if all eight of you are here, but just come right, line right up across the front, please. Here is, I'm, I'm seeing six. The other two must not be here this morning. Is that the case? I, I don't see Lynn. He's where? In Children's Church. I understand. And one of them's in the media room. Okay. Praise the Lord. Then they're all eight here. So, First, we want to say to all of you, thank you. Thank you for, willing, for being willing to, to carry a heavy load right now. And we want to put our trust in you. We're going to believe that, that God will use you to represent everything this church needs to be in his will. And so right now, let's just pray in the name of Jesus. If you feel like it, if you want to, you can come up here and just stand with me as we pray for them. But if you want to pray right where you are, you feel comfortable to do that. Father, I thank you for these men and women. Thank you so much 
for their willingness. Lift your voice to me. Join me in lifting your voice in prayer. I thank you, Lord, for their willingness to step into this role that you've that, that you, we, we need somebody. This, we as a church need somebody to take, take this, this role, Lord, of, of, of hearing from you, of being led by the Spirit. And we thank you for the sincerity in their hearts with which they took this role, Lord. And I thank you, for God, I just pray that wisdom from you and, and, and direction from you, Lord, will, will be found in each of their lives. Each and every time they meet, Lord, may there be a spirit of unity. May, may there be a spirit of power. Lord, uh, may, may they just be led by the Spirit of God, the, the living, living God. Lead them, Lord. Lead them. Show them what to think and what to say when they're in meetings. Lord, may their conversation always be unified. May they be one and one accord. May they be, may they be just drawn, Lord, to the person uh, the, that you have called to be the next leader of this church. Lord, we look forward to that. We believe that you're going to make it happen and that these people are going to be used. We thank you for these and the other two, Lord. And we just ask you to, to just fill their hearts with grace. Take away any fear or anxiety about it. Let them know, Lord, just like Samuel was led by the Spirit. God, they're going to be led by the Spirit. And, and Lord, you're going to show them this is the one I have chosen. And God, we just believe it in Jesus' name. We pray it in faith and give you glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks, all of you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Praise God. Praise God. I, I, thank you. You may be seated. That's, that's our number one order of business. And we'll keep it there. We'll keep it there. I'm, I'm here to, uh, to fill a gap. And I, I want, I want to be willing to help you in any way that I can. I'll give you my phone number. You can call and we'll have prayer. I'll, I'll do whatever I can do to help you and the church in this interim like any pastor would. And uh, I just I thank the Lord for uh, the privilege to serve you. And we'll, we'll just pray that the Lord helps us get through this with a lot of smiles on our face and a lot of good memories during this, during this interim. Psalms chapter 32, the title of this message is Above All Else. And I'll, and I'll tell you in just a few minutes how those words fit into what I'm preaching. Psalms 32, the first two verses, I'm, I'm going to read them from the King James Version. Amen. Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. You know, God takes the liberty in his word and several places describing what a blessed person is. Who is the blessed person? David talks about it in Psalm 32 that I just read. Also in the first Psalm, blessed is the man who uh, uh, walketh not in the, in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, or sitteth in the seat of the scornful. In other words, God takes the liberty to describe who a blessed person is. We, we have the option, we can agree with God or we can believe that, no, a blessed person is, so, is somebody with a lot of money. Yeah. Uh, a blessed person is, is somebody who, who, who uh, gets to live where the weather's nice all the time. They've got everything, everything, they, everything they want. I mean, 
we, we've got our own definition and, and the world will come up with this definition of what a blessed person is, but we'd be, we'd be doing real well. In fact, Jesus even continues doing that when you get to the New Testament. So he's, his inaugural sermon is the Sermon on the Mount beginning in Matthew chapter 5. What is the first thing he says? Blessed are, are they that, 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 are, that mourn. Blessed are they that are... Blessed are the merciful, for they shall inherit the earth. He, he lists all these things that are blessed. That it's, that they kind of look upside down, but what, what God is saying, blessed is the person who's got me in their life. Blessed is the person who's, who's listening to me and, and being led by me and, and, and allowing me to, to give them the abundant provision I want them to have. That, that's, that's the person who's blessed. And David has taken up that theme as it relates to being forgiven of our sin. Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven. Say that word with me. Forgiven. 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 Hallelujah. Whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord does not impute iniquity. In other words, he has the, he has the right to say guilty. But what if he chooses not to? What if he says mercy instead? And what if he says, my mercy endures forever? Well, what if, in fact, he expunges your record? I heard that some, some person was talking in legal, legal terms one time. And that, I think they were talking about their, a ticket they got because they, they were driving too fast. And he, and he said, at some point, they expunge it from your record. You know, I, boy, for the Lord to expunge my sins from my record? That's too good to be true. That's... That, that's that's a dream come true. No wonder David says that's the man that's blessed. Uh, and in whose spirit there is no deceit. So uh, here's where I, I use the title of the message. Above all else, above every other miracle that I know of, that I'd want to have, I want the miracle that my sins are forgiven. I, I need, I need very much for my sins to be forgiven. Wiped from the record. Cleansed of my sins. I need that. This may seem like an elementary sermon, but, but you know, really it's the theme of the whole Bible. Uh, man's battle with sin started right there in the book of Genesis, early in the book of Genesis, barely after you read of God creating Adam and Eve, your reading of serpent Lucifer uh, deceiving them into, into saying half God said, may, maybe the way God said is not not the only way. Maybe, maybe there's a good way this way too. And they, they succumbed to temptation and, 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 uh, and they started the battle of sin for, for human beings. That, that, that's man's battle with sin is all through the Bible. Godly people as well as ungodly people. And, and God has not, you can see in the Bible, God has not been a spectator to that battle. He's not standing on the side watching and see what happens. He's very much rolled up his sleeves and been engaged fully in the battle, fully, as if it's his own battle. In fact, the reality is that he loves every one of us. He loves people so much that, that it is his battle. It's not just like he's acting like or coming down, you know, coming up uh, beside you and say, hey, do you need a little help with that? No, he, he gets right in the middle of it and he rescues us. He rescues us with his forgiveness. His forgiveness is what sets us free. In fact, to show you how involved he gets, I'll take you to Matthew, the 26th chapter. You know, Jesus was meeting with his disciples just hours before he was going to be arrested in Gethsemane. And uh, he spent, that, this, we call it the Last Supper. And uh, he, he, 
there he initiated the act of uh, the practice of communion where we uh, the bread represents his broken body the cup the new covenant and he, t- and he inst- instituted this ordinance for the church that's still gone on through these 2,000 years. And, he, and these, are the, these are some of the words that he used as he, as he taught us to, to take communion. Verse 28, he says, For this is my blood, which confirms the covenant between God and his people. It is poured out. What is poured out? His blood. This is my blood. It is poured out as a sacrifice to forgive the sins of many. God, who's been involved in man's battle with sin all through the, uh, is is incarnate now. He he is there in a physical body. Jesus is God in a a human body. And, And he came to be our redeemer and he came to go to the cross. And there he stood with his disciples explaining to them, my blood is going to be poured out so that many can be forgiven. Does that many exclude anybody? Not on God's side, but because he used the word many because some will not choose to ask him for forgiveness. Some will not choose to believe that that he needed to shed his blood and that only through his blood can our sins be cleansed. That only, that there are some who refuse to believe that. Even some of the Jewish people, the ones who nailed him to the cross, would, cho- chose at least at that point in their life to reject him as the Messiah and not believe the message. Although they were thrilled at his miracles. They, they attracted th- hundreds of thousands of people into, into crowds over the, over the term of his ministry. But, but if, the, if, you don't, if, if a person's not willing to believe on him and receive the remission or the cleansing from sin by, by his blood, then... What other choice is there for their, their sins to be forgiven? Uh, the Spirit of God invited and uh, in, in, initiated and inspired David as he wrote this uh, Psalm 32. And I, I love it in the New Living Translation. Did any of you use the New Living Translation? NLT? Uh, I like the New King James Version and the New Living Translation the best uh, to... I, I want to I I understand the Bible, so I read a lot of translations. I read the Amplified and, and the NIV and, and uh, ESV, and, uh, but all of them. I've got them on my phone, so I just study the Scripture in several translations. And uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read you this one. Uh, next week, we'll, I'll try to give my notes in advance to the people who put stuff on the screen, and we'll have it there both for, the, uh, for you and for the, the streaming audience as well. Oh, what joy for those whose disobedience is forgiven, whose sin is put out of sight. Yes, what joy for those whose record the Lord has cleansed or cleared of all guilt. Oh, my. Whose lives are lived in complete honesty. Now, what does he mean by that? Whose lives are lived in complete honesty. David, this is where he's going with that. He's saying who's, who, who, people who really bring all their sins to the Lord who are willing to, to, to let, you know, kind of expose their secrets and, and not hold anything back. You know, not, not decide, hey, Lord, here are the, here are, here's how much of a sinner I am. But really they know in their heart they're, they're more of a sinner than that. But they're just not willing to take it all to the Lord because they're not willing to turn loose of that yet. They're not through with it. They, they think that even though it's not part of his will for their life, I, I, I'm going to keep doing it because... I'm, I'm hooked on it or I, I'm, I'm doing it because I like it or that it, it calms my nerves or, 
or whatever, whatever they're, I don't, I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm just talking about sin that's, that, that a person holds back and they're not living in total honesty. They haven't really been, been uh, uh, the, the, opened their heart and let the Lord see everything that's in me. Here, I bring it all to you. Because that, that's what he's saying. He said, that person doesn't have that kind of joy. Yeah, even a person who knows God forgives sins, he doesn't have that kind of joy because he's, he's hiding sin in his heart. Uh, but but it, this is how I know that's what he's talking about because look at the next few verses, the next three verses. When I refused to confess my sin, my body wasted away. He felt it physically. He felt, he felt the strain on his physical body. He said, my, I groaned all day long. Day and night, your hand of discipline was heavy on me. My strength evaporated like, like uh, water in the summer heat. Finally, he says, I, conf I confessed all my sins to you. Finally, I became totally transparent to you. Finally, I came and just told you what I'm doing and what I'm thinking. And I brought it to you and said, Lord, I need your help. I need you involved in this mess. I can't clean it up by myself. I, I can't fix it for myself. And I confess it to you. And, and I realize you might take it away from me. I realize you might, you, you might deliver me. And, and I'm willing for that to happen, Lord. That's, that's the person who's finding joy in the Lord. Person who's really pouring it all out and not hiding it. He said, I said to myself, I will confess my rebellion to the Lord. And you forgave me. That's what the Lord did about it. Did the Lord scold you and did the Lord, did the Lord persecute you and punish you for, because you told? No, what he was doing was trying to correct you until you did this. And now he forgave you. Boy, what a wonderful thing. I wonder how many people would just go admit it to the highway patrol. I was speeding. If you knew he'd just forgive you. I've got a police officer that a good, good friend of mine I played golf with him for years. He's been a part of our church and, and, uh, and lately I've been picking him up at his house and, and, uh, driving cause I drive to the golf course. And, uh, and I said, I told him, I said, I'm a little nervous about driving with you in here. I, I'm not sure that that's, I'm, I'm really comfortable with that. You know, they, they have a different way of looking at driving, don't they? Uh, but, but you know, that, that's the way it is with God. You, you can, you can, he, you're driving with the police in the car. You, you've got, you can have God right in every part of your life and you're, every part of your life that you let God in control, you're going to live it better. You're going to like it better and, you, and you're going want, want to want to, want to live it that way the rest of your life. Therefore, he said, verse six, therefore, let all the godly pray to you while there is still time that they may not drown in the floodwaters of judgment. Because if you hold on to your sin, you're going to get judged for your sin. For you are my hiding place, David says. You protect me from trouble. Don't you love those words? Aren't those powerful words? You are my hiding place, Lord. You protect me from trouble. You surround me with songs of victory. I'm telling you, you talk about a big change from where he was when, when he said all day long my body was just groaning and all day long I was just I was it was like in the summer heat and all my strength was sap from me now now he's he's surrounded with songs of victory that's the difference when you take all your sins every one of your sins your favorite sin <laughs> the one you've enjoyed the most over the years uh, 
the, listen, listen to what the Lord says. David just was so anointed when he wrote this. The Lord says, I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. Do you trust him that he will? Do you really believe it? I mean, those words of that song, Julie, that you were leading, that's what that was saying. I trust you, Lord. I trust you. You'll guide me along the very best, best pathway for my life. I will advise you and watch over you, God says. Do not be like a senseless horse or mule that needs a bit and bridle to keep it under control. In other words, be a child who, who loves me so much you want to do what I'm leading you to do instead of, instead of waiting on me to make you do it. I don't want to have to, I don't want to, have to be rough on you. I just want to, I want to be able to whisper to you. And you say, yes, yes, of course, Lord. Yes, yes. Many sorrows, verse 10, many sorrows come to the wicked. But unfailing love surrounds those who trust in the Lord. So rejoice in the Lord and be glad, all you who obey him. Shout for joy, all you whose hearts are pure. Wow. I tell you what I'm praying. I'm praying God sends us a pastor. When you get your next pastor who preaches this message of forgiveness and who, who leads us to love forgiveness, to, to, who leads us to want forgiveness and, and, and leads us to, to truly desire to, to help everybody in our community join us in this quest, in this desire, this longing to experience God's forgiveness and live in God's forgiveness. But God, because that's the door where you're set free from a life of sin that used to control you. A life of sin that used to oppress you. And the enemy actually had control. Uh, had liberty to, to beat you to a pulp. That's what, that's what living in sin does. He, the way of a transgressor is hard because your master is mean, I'll tell you. He doesn't love you. Uh, so God, I, I'm praying you send us a pastor who, who leads not only us in the church, but lead our children and our grandkids and all our loved ones and all of our neighbors and all of our coworkers and every person that we can possibly reach with, with an influence on this church because we've got something to give away. Hey, you know what I'm preaching this morning? I'm preaching gospel. Gospel is good news. It's good news that the one, the one who has power after you die to judge you and send your soul to hell is wanting to say, I want to forgive you. I desire to forgive you. I, I open the door, I open my arms. I want to forgive you. Will you come to me? Because the worst of sinners, the worst sinner can be forgiven. It's just a prayer away. I was driving the short three miles between here and, and, and Mary Sue's house where, I, where, I'd spent the, where Marsh and I spent the night. And uh, I just I turned on the radio to see if I could find some gospel music. I do that just to get a gospel song in my head so that I start, then I turn it back off and I just start singing that song the rest of the day. I don't always turn it back off, but I was going to this morning. And the song I found, I think, 90, I forgot what, 80, 88.1, somewhere like that. And she was singing about for, forgiveness is only a prayer away. I said, boy, I, I can tell you that song was for me because I knew what I was going to preach when I got here. Forgiveness is only a prayer away for the, for the chiefs of sinners. Uh, a, a relevant question then is do you desire forgiveness from all of your sins? Do you know that God desires your sins to be, be forgiven just as much as you do? He's not holding them back and, and, and like, a, like a carrot in front of a mule, you know. That's not what, 
He wants to fill your heart with his forgiveness. Um, 2 Peter 3, 9, the Lord is not slack concerning his promises. Some count slackness, but long suffering toward us. Not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. What a state, what a, what a truth that God revealed through the apostle Peter. That I'm not willing that any would perish, but all would come to repentance. And through that repentance, they would receive forgiveness. Uh, sure, surely everybody feels the power of those words, the, the, the incredible power of uh, that God desires to forgive us of all of our sins. Uh, Philip Bliss wrote a, wrote a song. We, you, you, I'm sure you've heard it sung a lot if you've not sung it. It is well with my soul. It is well, it is well with my soul. And uh, the, 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 I think it's the second verse that starts with these words. My sin, oh the bliss of this, that glorious thought. My sin, not in part, but the whole was nailed to the cross and I bear it no more. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, oh my soul. All my sin, all my sin. Woo. What sins are in your past that haunt you that you can't forgive yourself? You know, Jesus can forgive those sins. <laughs> he can forgive those sins too. He, he, that, that's, that's the story that, of Philip Bliss was that he, uh, and you probably heard it explained, he, he was uh, back in the U.S. in the middle part of the country and his wife and children went, on a, went, went ahead of him on a boat to, uh, across, the, across the ocean. And, um, but their, their ship went down in shipwreck and he received a telegram or something that, that said, uh, it, it, they, they tell the words exactly that he said, but the, to tell him that his wife and children have, have been buried in the sea. And uh, he sat there and instead of, instead of glooming and, and uh, doubting God, he said, in spite of all those kind of storms, my, my, it is well with my soul. It's a choice he made. It's a choice he made. And, and, and he, he even goes to the... To the relationship with him that was formed by his forgiveness. He said, the reason I know that, that, that I, all is well with my soul is because the Lord's forgiven my sin. The reason I know that, that uh, my, my loved ones, I, I don't have to grieve and worry uh, because uh, I, I know you had forgiven their sins. Right. And, and oh, the bliss of this glorious thought that all of my sins, not, uh, my sins not in part, but the whole. Those words really encouraged me. But the whole where all of my sins were nailed to the cross. All of my sins. If I commit any sins between now and tomorrow, I, all I have to do is just continue my relationship with God and, and trust Him and, 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 and rest in the hope that, that all of my sin. Here's, here's the way my sin would begin, present a problem for me if I start hiding it again. Instead of confessing, instead of, instead of living in that relationship with the Lord where I know He's forgiving my sins, I know He's washing my sins away, I know He's giving me the advantage to overcome them and not be overcome by them. That, that relationship with Him means that tomorrow I'm going to be just as free from sin as I am right now because the reason I'm free from sin right now is because I've got a Savior who forgave them and nailed all my sin to the cross. My, my sinlessness my, my, my first sinless day, boy, it might very well be my first day in heaven. I don't, I don't really know for sure. Do you, 
And I've never found anybody that disagrees with that. We, we are in a carnal body. We're in a, in, a, in a carnal world. And we have a lot of evil influences. And, we, and, and we, there's a lot of things we see darkly now that someday we'll see face to face. But, but you know what? I'm not making excuse for sin because the Lord wants to forgive us of our sin, cleanse us of it, and empower us to, to rise above it and not be hindered by it. And that's, what, that's the relationship that he desires with us forever and forever. Um, there's just no miracle as wonderful as the reality that God has forgiven your sins. And truly, there's no, there's no miracle, if you think about it, that's as necessary or needed as that one. Yeah, I, I, a while ago, uh, Katie, was it Kate or Katie? Where are you at? Wave at me. Yeah, back there. When I, I'd lost my phone. Somehow, I'd gotten separated from my phone from looking at the scriptures in Sunday school and got out here. And uh, Gary brought it to me. I don't, I'm not sure where he found it laying, but he, he found it and brought it to me a while ago. One of the Garys. I've met more than one Gary, I think. And, uh, uh, but uh, but uh, Kate came up here with Marsha and me, and she just, no, we was out in the hall, and she saw us kind of looking for that, trying to figure out where it is. She just stood there and prayed. And, 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 and really, we both knew in a few minutes we'd, we'd find that phone <laughs> because she prayed. And uh, that, that's, that's the Lord. You, all you have to do, I, I can't remember now why I used the illustration, but a while ago it made sense. <laughs> Mm. Oh, I, yeah, I, here it is. No, no, no miracle is as necessary. Hey, we've got a lot of really necessary miracles. Lord, help me start this car. Lord, help me get a better job. Lord, help me get this bill paid. Hey, they're, they're, they're necessary. But are they as necessary as getting your sins forgiven? What, tell, can you tell me a miracle that is anywhere near as necessary as getting your sins forgiven? And no miracle is as undeserved as that one. Not one. No other miracle has been bought with such a high price. And no other miracle is closer to the heart of God because his heart is redemption. His heart is redemption. Do you know he knew he, we were going to fall before he, before he made us? Before he made man, he, he no, as God, because he knows the future, he knew. But he did it anyway. Because he's, he, he knows he's going to have a people forever who chose to trust him. And he had the power to forgive us and, and make us holy like him and live with him forever. Whew, he, he knew what he was doing. Jesus told the disciples when they came back from their, their, one of their ministry assignments. And they said, man, man, the devils are subject to us. They just told how the devils would flee when they commanded them to leave. And Jesus said, notwithstanding in this rejoice, not that the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. Hey, the miracle, the miracle you need to be celebrating is God forgave your sin and you are a child of God. And you're in, you're in his care and his provision. To be forgiven of our sins really is, is healing. It's, it's the healing process. That, it's the place God starts the healing process from, from the damage that that sin has done and is doing in our soul, in our lives. It, it, it got us off track. It messed our lives up. But, but when he forgives us, that's the, big, that's the first step in the miracle of true healing. Faith-driven repentance. That's what, that, that's what, we're, what we're, we're called upon to do. Uh, I, have, I have a faith in God and, and agree with him about your sins. And, and that's what positions us to receive this greatest of all miracles from God. 
It, it's, that, that's all we can do is just position ourselves by trusting in Him, receiving the miracle. He's the one doing all the miracle power. You know, I said that to be forgiven of our sin is the healing. It's where he starts that healing process. I want to use a couple of quick examples. The, the Saul, the, the Pharisee who became the Apostle Paul, he, he didn't know he was living in sin. He thought he was doing God a service when he was per persecuting these Christians, killing them, taking them to prison. He thought he, he thought he was getting rid of heretics, people that were taking the Judaism in the wrong direction. Till God appeared to him on the road to Damascus, the ninth chapter of Acts, beautiful story. So bright a light, it blinded him. He fell off his horse. And Jesus began to speak to him, why are you persecuting me? Who are you, Lord? And he said, I'm Jesus whom you're persecuting. And he sent, he sent somebody to take him in his blind condition to, into the city of Damascus, not to persecute Christians, but to get saved and give his heart to the Lord and, and get filled with the Holy Ghost and get called to the ministry. And you talk about, so, but where did, his, where did this miracle begin? When the Lord approached him with grace and mercy out there on that, he didn't, he didn't approach him to take his life or to, or, or, to, or to punish him for his sin. He wanted to forgive him of his sin. And that completely turned his life in a different direction. And his life became, uh, became he became a totally different person and, your, and wrote, uh, the, the, the number one enemy of the church wrote about a, a third or a fourth of the New Testament. That's amazing. Under, under God's will, because God healed him. If you won't let God forgive you of sin, that healing process cannot begin. And you need that healing process. It's the greatest miracle you need in your life. Turn your sin, like David said in Psalm 32, the whole truckload of it, every bit of it, like Philip, Bl Philip Bliss said, all of my sin, every one of them, little ones, big ones, anything that looks like a sin, Lord, take it into your inventory and filter it out of my life. Scrub it, scrub the record of it from my, from my record and wash my heart and give me a pure heart. Give me a pure mind. Lord, not only start that healing process, but finish that healing process. Amen? I hope you'll say that with me. I hope every person in here especially the young people with so much more of your life yet to come. You've got so much life that the enemy wants to claim some part of it, some kind of dominion over part of it because you're young. No, right now is the time to find out how good God is and be rescued from the lies and deceit of Satan to be set free, to have that healing process in your youth, in your childhood. How wonderful a thing is that to be spared from all that the enemy was going to try to do to your life. Uh, th there's another quick example that, about a person who received healing was Zacchaeus. He was, he was this wealthy tax collector, and he knew he cheated people, uh, even Jewish people. And he was hated by Jewish people, all, all tax collectors were, and they just thought they were the scum of the earth. And uh, Zacchaeus was up in a tree because he heard Jesus was coming through Jericho. It'd be like one of us, any of us, just jumping up, crawling up into a tree. Probably was dressed pretty nice. Probably some people were really surprised. What in the world? Zacchaeus is crawling up in a tree. Sycamore trees aren't small either. But he got up there and he saw Jesus. But little did he know Jesus was going to have mercy on him. And he, Jesus addressed him and said, Zacchaeus, come down from there. Because I'm going to your house. I'm coming into your life, Zacchaeus. And, he, and Zacchaeus 
received the forgiveness of the Lord. He received that his life was changed. Jesus rejoiced that this son of Abraham has returned to God, returned to God. His forgiveness completely began the healing process of his life. Like Matthew, the tax collector, he became a disciple of, of Jesus. If you will let God, it'll be the beginning of healing your life of all the damage, all the damage that sin has done. Name, name that sin that, that the enemy persecutes you with. God heals, God heals, God heals. God heals, God heals. So uh, I'm, I'm wrapping this up with uh, my, just my personal perspective is, is that I've been healed of, a, of, of physical things that I, that I needed healing. I've seen a lot of people confess to spiritual, um, spiritual and physical healings that we've prayed for. I've been, I've been delivered from want. I've, I've been given joy in the midst of hardship and adversity. I'm just naming some miracles that I've experienced in my life. I, I, I've heard the testimony of, of some incredible miracles that the Lord has done. It, it, because you know what? All that is our daily bread. In, in, the, in the Lord's prayer, he said, give us this day our daily bread. All that's our daily bread. The healing you need, the provision you need, the grace you need, the help you need, the, the, the somebody you need. All the answers are, are, give us this day our daily bread. And then he said, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those. who He'll give you power to, to forgive as you've been forgiven. When you've really experienced forgiveness like he does it, when you realize what he washed away, you will no longer hold grudges and hate against other people who've offended you. you you'll have the power, you'll have the, the healing in your own life so that you can forgive them. And I just, I'm just here to stand here and tell you, there's no miracle that compares. No, no miracle that I've seen in my life that compares to this. He's forgiven me of all my sins and washed all of them away. Isaiah 53 says, the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. It's, it's the miracle we celebrate when we take communion, but it's really the miracle we can live in the joy of. That's why the gospel is good news. Amen. The gospel is good news. I used to think, you know, part of the gospel is bad news because now I'm going to have to be good. I honestly thought that. I thought, you know, well, only part of the, the discipleship part is not so good a news for me because it's going to take away some of the liberties and things that I, I want to give myself. But you know what? It's good news for you to get delivered from that. You just don't know it. It's good news. It's good news that God has mercy, abounding mercy, and His mercy endures forever. And, and I, want you to, I want you to take this morning, uh, the opportunity with me, let's, let's receive again forgiveness like we did the first time. I, I still remember standing right in the middle aisle of the church at Hilton when Staggs were our preachers. Our, our brother and sister Staggs, probably about 1960. And uh, I remember her praying with me to receive Jesus as my Savior. And I remember feeling like my sin had been cleansed. My sin had been taken away. About a seven-year-old, six or seven, eight-year-old kid. And I, and I, I recognized the, the difference in the feeling. Yeah. I've prayed that prayer over and over again since then. I keep praying that prayer every day. Not because I'm lost, but because that's such a good, wonderful, wonderful reality that he still forgives every sin. I, the reason I get to be his kids because he keeps forgiving my sin. 
And, he, and he, he's the one that even initiates me to ask him to forgive his sin. He brings conviction. He says, this is not what I want for you. This is, I've got something better for you. And he's the one who puts the prayers in my mouth. He's the one that puts the desire in my heart. He's the one that just keeps bringing me closer and closer to him where I want to know what, what really being set free from all sin really is. I want to experience that. I want to know it. I want to, have, I want to be healed of all the damage sin has ever done to my life. And I, I invite you as we conclude this message this morning to, to pray a prayer. You know how at the end of a lot of messages we'll, we'll stand and and we'll ask people to raise their hands if they want to receive Christ as their Savior. And then the whole congregation will say the prayer with them. I want us all to respond right now as if we're, we're all first-timers. Along with, if there are any among us, there, there probably are, that this may be your first time to pray this prayer. But I want us, we're, we're going to join you. Your first time, our tenth time, our ten thousandth time. I don't know. Here, here's why we want to do it, because we still mean it. Because we meant it the first time, and we mean it even more now. Lord, I've tasted and seen that you are good. And I, I just want us, and my dream for us to walk out of this service this morning is that not one of us, a fetter of sin, is still on our mind or on a, that, that there's, blessed is he who's been cleared of all guilt. He said, you, you, you're living an honest life. You, the Lord has just emptied all of that in, that the enemy was going to use against you to try to damage you. You were freed this morning. We were all freed together. We walk out of here without one, without one sin on any of our records. I believe that's how God wants every church, sinless, washed in the blood of Jesus, empowered by the Holy Spirit to, to proclaim this good news with our life, with the smile that's on our face and the joy that's in our heart and the message that, that hey, he forgave me, of course he'll forgive you. And that, that forgiveness is the beginning of a lot more he wants to do. Amen? We, how many of you will join me? Will you join me? Let, let's, let's see a raise of hands. How many of you will join me in praying that prayer with me? Let's, let's, let, let's just stand to our feet right now. Let's just stand right now to our feet. Lord, Lord we're about to pray a prayer. All of us are in the same boat. We've all sinned and fall short of your glory. We've all wrestled with sin, not knowing how to get disentangled, how to get free of its, of its ropes and its corruption. We've all experienced that. But Lord, the way to get free is to let you in because you want to be involved. It's your battle. It's your battle. And I pray we'll recognize that, acknowledge that as we, as we, from our lips comes a prayer of true repentance and receiving you by faith. I pray every one of us get to celebrate the reality of it in our own hearts, that nobody is excluded. I pray that you, Holy Spirit, will direct every single one of our hearts as we pray this prayer together in Jesus' name. Amen. Here's our prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for the cross. Where Jesus bore all our sin. <laughs> we place our faith in you. That you will forgive our sins. And cleanse us of all unrighteousness. And you will make us your child. And so we will be forever. Help me win the battle against sin. By staying so close to you. 
that your forgiveness reigns. And sin can't get a hold of our life. We praise you, Jesus. We thank you that you forgive us right now. That you wash every sin stain away. Every fetter is broken. We are set free to live as your children for your glory. In Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Lord, you deserve a praise. Lord, you deserve a praise. Lord, you deserve a praise. Whew. Praise the Lord. I tell you, it was, a, it was about two or three Sundays ago, I was, I was in a worship service like we were having earlier. And uh, my mind had been on a few other things. And the worship leader said, why don't everybody just shut, shut yourself in with just you and the Lord and, and just, just say something to praise him. And I, I, I kind of became engaged then from what I was thinking. And, and I looked up to the Lord and I said, Lord, thank you for forgiving my sins. And I, did, I wasn't ready for what hit me right then. The Lord started pouring all this message in my heart. Do you know what you just said? Do you have any idea how big a miracle that is? And for over the next several minutes of that message, I, I'm getting cold chills because the Lord... The Lord just put that message in my heart. Yeah. And I knew, I, I, and I remember t telling Marsha, I, I got all, this, all these thoughts for a sermon. I must be going to be asked to preach. <laughs> I, I, I couldn't have preached something else this morning. This is, yeah. I'm so full of this. Yeah. It, is so, yeah. it is so in my life, just impacting my life, making my life more free. And I, I want us all to have that. I, I'm not sure I'll ever be able to preach anything else. I, I thought about preaching on it again tonight because I've got about four pages of notes that I haven't shared, but I'm, I'm going a different direction tonight, the Lord willing. But uh, I look forward to seeing you back for evening service at 6. Um, wow. You think there's any unfinished business that we need to take care of before I go? Is anybody feeling something? Amen. I agree with you. I agree with you. Thomas, let's, he said, I think we just need to thank him. Will you just join me and let's just give the Lord thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for giving me the privilege to preach this message. Thank you for all the preachers who get to preach it, Lord, and all, and all the saints who get to preach it with our lives because it's reality. It's reality. We don't deserve it, but you did it. You did it, Lord, when you put Jesus on the cross to bear all of our sin. They were all nailed to the cross. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Receive our thanks. May our life demonstrate to you a gratitude and thanks that you deserve from us, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. May our lives bring you honor and praise and glory. Thank you, Lord, for being so good. Thank you for, for putting it in the scriptures. Thank you for anointing it to be there like David wrote in Psalm 32 so that the message can, can resonate in our heart like it was in his heart. Thank you, Lord, for all the people who've been forgiven, all the sins that have been washed away right here in this service this morning. Thank you, Lord. May sin no longer have dominion, but may the, the rule of the Holy Spirit have dominion in our hearts. We pray and believe in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Amen, amen, amen. God bless you and be with you. I look forward to seeing you at service tonight. My name is Ron. What's your name? I look forward to knowing every one of you. God bless you. God bless you.